the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. Firing Line Radio Show, where you're going to find out more about the Second Amendment, you're supporting it, why you need to support it, hunting, shooting, tactic, optics, and how to protect yourself when you own a CCW. Joining me here on this show, I have Stan Campbell. Stan Campbell's the COO. Did I spell it correctly this time? You did, Phil. Thank, thank you. you. COO of CCW Safe, Stan Campbell. Thank you for joining me, my friend. Thanks for having me, Phil. Those of you who hear him, you might also hear the commercial, the uh, sultry voice of Barry White uh, promoting the Firing Line radio show. Do you know anything about that, Stan? Yeah, it's something that you talked me into a few months back. I didn't <laughs> want to do it, but you said you wouldn't let me on air if I did not. It's true. I am that way. You did a great job. It's a lot of fun. You're not a good friend, Phil. I never said I was. Okay. Jeez. You don't have to pay friends. Okay. So <laughs> I caught him on a, co- on a cup of coffee drink. He couldn't respond to that one. <laughs> hey, we had some things happen here in the month of October. I want to talk about one of them. One of them was Governor Jerry Brown, Voldemort Brown. He signed a bill. Mm-hmm. He signs lots of bills. Most of them make no sense to anybody with a rational mind, but this one really hurts, and it has to do with with, uh, gun violence. My belief is if you want to stop gun violence, the misuse of a firearm and the commission of a crime, Mm -hmm. you need to increase the penalties to the point where it becomes egregious for the misuse. If you use one for a carjacking, you get 20 years. I like that. If you use a gun and hurt somebody, pistol whip them or shoot them in the leg or something, you got life. If you kill them, you get death penalty. Or rape somebody with a firearm, you get death penalty. Right? Mm -hmm. I'm pretty simple. And that way it it, makes it pretty easy. And that way, knowing that the penalties are so egregious, it would actually deter and change the criminal's behavior. Because they're not stupid. They're simply cowards. Mm-hmm. And they like to do whatever they can with the least amount of penalty possible, as we've seen, right? Yes, sir. 20 years of law enforcement, you agree with this? Absolutely. Then you are correct. So, Jerry Brown has decided <laughs> that he's going to sign a bill removing the mandatory enhanced sentencing for criminals who use guns in commission of their crimes. Wow. I got a wow out of stand there, Yeah, folks. I mean, it's just sad. So he did at the same time he signed other legislation making it illegal for teachers to be armed on a K-12 through campus for self-defense. Um, teachers are not allowed to shoot back if under attack by criminals, and criminals face no mandatory sentence for using a gun and carrying out an attack. Assembly Bill uh, 620 removed the mandatory enhancement for gun 
for using a gun in a crime. Senate Bill 620 removed the mandatory enhancement from the penal code and placed it at the discretion of the judge presiding over the case. The Chico ER observed, so on one hand, Brown and the legislator made it more difficult for a teacher to to protect children against gun-wielding criminals, and on the other, they reduced potential penalties for gun-wielding criminals. These are the guys who who say that they want to protect us, but all they're doing is they are pro-felon. Jerry Brown, the Democratic Party, they are Mm pro-felon. Every single thing they've done has enhanced um, the opportunities for felons to stay out of jail. Correct. And made it more and more difficult for families to protect themselves and or stay on the right side of gun laws that have become so egregious that, frankly, we don't really know what's legal at this point in time and what's not. And then it comes down to somebody's, the CHP's determination when you're on your way to the range, whether that's legal or not, whether you're going to spend the night in jail and have to defend yourself for life, right? Yes, sir. Unbelievable. Folks, we don't want to have to deal with this. Um, I I think it's quite a... uh, it's quite telling when we look at some of the people who've been leading the left, the anti-gun people. We've got, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, uh, Phil, it's it's getting really, really bad out here, especially when, you know, you have these political figures, you know, standing against us and, and just, you know, creating and signing these bills and, and, and creating legislation that's really hurting those who are just trying to protect their families. You know, I, I recently wrote an article, you know, after the Las Vegas shooting. And um, uh, it's about violence in America and how to prepare your children. You know, I'm, I'm, um, I think I should come down one day and you and I discuss that because it's some really, really good uh, tips and stuff, you know, how to just get ahead of and be proactive and really prepare your family and your kids, you know, for the violence that is in America today. We had another case here in Riverside. Um, the guy broke into a school. Mm-hmm. Apparently he wasn't armed, but there was a six or seven hour standoff where he had a teacher in a classroom, 71 year old lady, you know, and eventually he was shot and killed, Mm -hmm. um, properly. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Unlike the, what happened in New York where we had a, um, jihadist take a home Depot truck and run through the bike path and kill eight people and injure scores more. Mm. You know, this guy. You take a look at him, and it's here's the sad thing. You take a look at him, and you realize this is not a rational person. Just you know, if you're going to make a judgment call on profiling or looking at, you would say, you know what, there's something wrong with this particular person. Yeah, just say we don't have any trucks today. But they can't. I know they can't do that because then they'd be sued from the ACLU and the Southern Poverty Ridiculous Center and everybody else in the world. So you know they're they're stuck with that. But I've come up with, I've come up with an idea. You know, when you, when you fly with a firearm, Mm -hmm. you know, you go in, you check in and, and TSA has a sniffer that they use and it tells if there's explosives. And I think if we could develop a goat sniffer, a goat sniffer, a goat sniffer would stop the, uh, the wrong people from doing the wrong things. We could use it at TSA. We could use it on car rentals, firearm purchases. If you smell too much like a goat. Wow. I'm saying no. Phil, this is this is a real thought. This these are these are my thoughts. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. How do we combat this? Well, let's think outside the box. Nope. No truck for you. So <laughs> that or or I think Diane Feinstein came out and said we need a ten day waiting period to rent a truck now, right? Yeah. A cooling off period or something of that nature. Wow. 
You're something else, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I need help. I need professional help. You do. You do. You know, the problem is, why do all my therapists quit? I don't get it. <laughs> and and the, not only do they quit, they're usually on the floor in a fetal position, with, sucking their thumb, going, ba, 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 ba. You're challenging. You don't pay enough. <laughs> you need to pay more. You need two therapists. Oh, jeez. Wow. Hey, Sunday, December 10th. Sunday, December 10th, a great thing's going to be happening here in Southern California. Shooting for the troops, supporting the Ontario USO. Our good friend Chad Carlson, owner of Prado Olympic Shooting Sports, is going to be holding on Sunday, December 10th. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. December 10th. Thank you. The USO strengthens the America's military service members by keeping them connected to the family, home, and country throughout their service to the nation. Partner with Shoot Prado in supporting the outstanding work of our local Ontario USO. During the event, we'll be hosting a 100 clay target Ironman shoot. That includes 25 trap, 25 skeet, 25 wobble trap, very challenging, 25 five stand. There'll be raffles, prizes, um, $8 trap and skeet, $15 pistol range entry, barbecue lunch, t-shirt. It's going to be fantastic. $75 includes all of the above. Attendees can purchase barbecue lunch for 25 bucks. I think they had tri-tip last year. That's awesome. You, you know, it's tri-tip. Just, just go for the just go for the try. The shooting's additional, but just try try tip, man. Raffle tickets will be sold during the event. As a matter of fact, our uh, good friend here, uh, Earl Harris, won a wonderful Glock last year. Awesome, Earl. That yeah. So guys, the, these are great great prizes, and uh, your odds of winning are very high. So all the proceeds are going to be donated to the local Ontario USO. For more information, contact nine zero nine five nine seven four seven nine four. Talk to Chad Carlson. He's an amazing man. He's also a veteran. Served uh, several times or several deployments actually. Uh, quite an interesting guy uh, and really a lot of fun. We're going to actually get to go do a hunt in Mexico together in January. So I'm looking forward to that, but check it out Sunday, December 10th, Prado Olympic shooting park, shooting for the troops, supporting the Ontario USO. Love it. Now, Stan. Yes, sir. CCW safe is a great company providing a fantastic service. And before we, we have a huge story we want to share with everybody for the rest of the show, mm-hmm. but I want to just set the table here where people don't understand. Why do I need CCW Safe if I have homeowners insurance? Okay. Well, first of all, uh, CCW Safe is a legal service membership plan that's also insurance backed. And um, you know, people really don't realize they they get out to the range, they they buy the proper weapons, but they're not prepared for a shooting incident. And what I say, I'm meaning I'm talking about the aftermath of the shooting. It's expensive. You have to justify uh, what you've done. You have to prove that you use self defense. And it's costly. It costs up to about $400,000 on average to get the worst case. And here's the thing, folks. Your homeowner's insurance, even though you have the coverage, doesn't cover you in a self-defense shooting. Because they're looking at things that are accidental. Correct. You had an accidental discharge, you're covered. If you were meant to defend your family from the uh, zombie horde coming through the front door, you're on your own. So we're gonna. that's why we're talking about CCW Safe. You need this in your life. We'll be right back after this. A message from Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're a first-time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or recreational shooting, it is important to take the next step and become a responsible gun owner. We highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training class, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude essentials to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. 
As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense, and with that right comes an obligation to educate yourself on the laws and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. For information about certified firearm training classes, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside at 951-823-0211 or check out their schedule of classes at bullseyesport.com. Because of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, we believe in safety first. 951-823-0211. Pull! Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado Running Gun Club, blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. AM 590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. Hey, folks, welcome back to Boomstick Radio. This is Philip Naiman, and uh, check us out on our Facebook page, Firing Line Radio Show, and at our website. FiringLineRadio.com, where the podcasts are at. But you know that, because according to the Second Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Veterans Day is today, November 11th, when we honor all those men and women who have served our country in the uniform of all branches and armed forces who have fought to preserve that right, along with the others we've been given as Americans. Bullseye Sport proudly salutes those who have served as well as those who have laid down their lives in our freedom. For our freedom. God bless their families. God bless America. Exercise your rights as Americans. If you're not armed for protection or recreation, well, shame on you. But head on down to Bullseye Sports in Riverside's where you need to go for handguns, rifles, shotguns, ammo, accessories, and much more. Bullseye Sport Riverside is on Facebook, Instagram, and at bullseyesport.com. That's Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo on Brockton between Arlington and Central and Riverside, 951-823-0211, 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport, where the Inland Empire gets their guns and ammo, 951-823-0211. I like one of his ads where he talks about, um, you know, you need small arms. If, you're, if you need small arms, go to Bullseye Sports. What do you need? The big arms. Get the bigger arms. Who needs the small arms? You need the big arms to get to the chopper. Otherwise, you don't make it. So, celebrity voice with impersonator. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that was back when Arnold Schwarzenegger was actually a decent person before he ran for governor and helped screw up this state. Now, that voice you heard, in case you're just joining me here, that sultry voice, not the high squeaky one. That's mine. Okay, I have to claim that one. But the cool radio voice you're hearing over there, that's Stan Campbell. He's the COO of CCW Safe, great company. And CCW Safe is a legal service membership plan that saves your bacon. Absolutely. So it's, it's an absolutely important thing that you hear about this. We're going to share a story. 
real life story and kind of pick it apart as to how it pertains to you and what we would look at here in California. Now, this happened on the East Coast in a fairly firearm friendly state, mm-hmm. right? Little rural state. Stan, why don't you pick it up from there? Well, Phil and, and listeners, um, you know, one of the things that the Fireline Radio Show does is that they, they try to stay ahead of things and, and try to get uh, information out to their listeners. And uh, so I want to come down and share, you know, this case that we've been working for the past two years, actually. Uh, it's a two year long, uh, two, two years, two year long waiting period for the two week long trial. And, um, you know, it's the Stephen Maddox case. And I, I discussed it with Phil, you know, a few months back. And I, I wanted to share this with you once we, you know, were able to move beyond a verdict, which we ended up getting the, the first not guilty verdict on a full you know, start to finish murder trial attached to a self-defense case in this industry. So this particular person was charged with murder. The DA probably, you know, folks realize DAs are political animals. Mm -hmm. So if they don't like the way you look or they think they don't like two of your Facebook posts, they have the discretion to to throw whatever they want at you. You're correct. And, uh, you know, in this particular case, and, and we look at it as... You know, it's pretty close to the worst case scenario. The only, the only element or component that was missing was the attack on the um, the the racial element of the the victim and the the, uh, the the deceased. So that's the only thing that was missing. And what I mean by that is that our member was African American, so was the, the deceased, so was the judge, and so was the prosecutor. So we didn't have to fight that too much, but it still came into play a little bit later. But, how, how did that come into play? Well, I mean, in, in the reference to the decisions that were made, um, there was a relationship, of course, like it happens a lot with judges and prosecutors. So they knew each other. So some of the decisions and instructions that were given later um, became a challenge for us because they were friends. Uh, so, you know, it, it played against our our member, of course, because he he wasn't a member of the club. He was not a member of the club. And he also was not a member of that or he wasn't a, a, um, part of that community. He, he was visiting that, that county, so he was outside of his comfort zone as well. So um, the Stephen Maddox case, just to kind of give you a little um, background, uh, Stephen Maddox, uh, he's, a, he's a member of CCW Safe uh, who in 2015, he paid $124, and two months later, he got into his fatal shooting, um, and it, it threatened his freedom uh, with the charge of murder, like we discussed uh, and, and attached to his self-defense shooting uh, happened in, in Wilson, North Carolina. And uh, if he was found guilty there in North Carolina, then you get life in prison. So um, he was fighting for his life and we were fighting with him. Uh, uh, Stephen is a, a 41-year-old African-American, like I said, um, never been in, 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 in any type of issue or you know criminal issue, no drugs, no criminal history. He, he stands like 5'9 and 175 and that came... That was significant because the um, deceased was twice his size. Uh, he was part of a, a, a civic oriented motorcycle club. So not a motorcycle gang, but, you know, just, you know, folks getting together. Um, and the deceased, he ended up knowing them. they used to be friends. So it, it, it all came into play because they attempted to, you know, attach premeditation to it because mm-hmm. of social media threats that they were going back and forth between the two of them. Started by the bully, of course, the deceased. And uh, so pretty much on that day, um, you know, Stephen faced someone that, he, you know, who he knew, 
This guy was a bully. Uh, he stood 6'3", 291 pounds. Um, uh, we talked about the social media aspect of it. And this occurred in Wilson, North Carolina at a convention center when they were having a motorcycle rally. Um, so as we kind of moved into it, and, and the thing that, that kind of also played into it earlier in the day, uh, as the backstory goes on, uh, they, he saw the deceased and his wife at the, at the um, hotel. And he saw Stephen's wife. No, no, Stephen saw the bully and his wife. Okay, at the hotel, and he saw that he was carrying. He's open carrying, and so he decided to kind of leave the hotel, you know, because he didn't want to have any problems because the guy already threatened to beat him up. And um, so he, as he was leaving, he saw the guy handed the wife the gun and she put it in her purse. And that comes into play later, you know, to add toward you know his fear when he sees the wife and he together. Uh, so just I mean, he moves on. Um, they had three altercations, actually, and they all started by the bully. Uh, Steven, he thought, you know, by, you know, the attacks happening three times in front of witnesses with witnesses having to pull the guy off of him twice, you know, after being approached. Um, the first one was he called him while he was going into the bathroom of the the event center, um, got on top of him, beat him down. Oh, jeez. Yeah, he started. He was choking him and it took four people to get him off. Uh, when he finally gets up and goes out, um, he's attacked again outside of the bathroom, uh, again, you know, on the ground. And, you know, I mean, was he armed? Both of these? No, times? he was not armed at this time. Uh, his his firearm was at the motorcycle. Uh, he actually got on the phone and called 911 when he when he uh, after the second attack. Uh, but before he had a chance to, he was in the open and he knew the guy might be coming. So he decided to abandon the call. But they did go through. But he didn't get a chance to talk. Uh, but then he. um he stepped on the side of the building in the dark, and then the guy pulls up in his motorcycle, sees him, and approaches him for the third time, third and last time. And uh, and as he stepped off, you know, our guy's exhausted. He sees the guy's enraged, and um, he's expecting to, you know, deal with the same type treatment. And he was in fear of his life, so he shot three times. So he went. Time. He went and got his firearm off of his fire off of his motorcycle. Correct. So yeah. Made the nine one one call. Correct. So then uh, the last two shots uh, were while the deceased was on top of him. So and he was just totally exhausted. And, you know, he thought and he and he didn't think that he killed him. You know, when he finally was able to get from under him, he just he shot to stop the threat. And then, you know, believe it or not, even the the judge was trying to push the jury in his instructions later on uh, that if they felt that five shots were too much for an unarmed assailant uh, to lean toward manslaughter. This was in his instructions. So, I mean, this thing was an uphill battle. You know, that's, that's interesting. We just had something in the, the ju- judge's instructions, folks. I want you to hear this. I just witnessed a shooting down at Huntington Beach where this murderer, they didn't know at the time, but this murderer attacks a cop and eventually the police officer shoots him. I couldn't even count. I think he should got, got shot nine times or something. And this is a small guy. And it wasn't until the last shot he finally drops. But, I mean, the officer just continued to fire as long as the guy was standing. And, you know, here's the judge saying, geez, it's five shots when you have a 300-pound man uh, in the guard position on top of you, ground and pound, is five shots too many? Mm -hmm. Not if the threat is continuing, right? Absolutely. I mean, you you have to shoot until the the threat has has ceased. And in that case, it, it definitely was not. And especially in the third attack, there were no witnesses around at the time or anybody close to get him off of him. So, I mean, that was it. And he was already done. 
So, um, you know, he did what he had to do. Um, so when he, in the booking photos, his face looks like Zimmerman beat up, bloodied. Mm, that's a good question. Um, I don't know if the, the photos actually came into play. Um, you know, uh, as it kind of went on into anything that, that, um, that helped him, uh, really wasn't pushed forward because it was a bad investigation. We'll yeah. talk about it in a minute. All right, folks, this is Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show, here with Stan Campbell, COO of CCW Safe. CCWSafe.com. Check them out. We'll be right back after this. Are you an expert marksman looking for a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn? Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the best place to work on your shooting skills, no matter what your experience level is. With 21,000 square feet of indoor range space, 35 shooting lanes, and an electronic target retrieval system, it means no line breaks and more trigger time. The friendly people at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range can answer all your questions about firearms training, self-defense training, firearm rentals, gunsmithing, archery, and and more. And for the ladies, the Riverside chapter of the Well-Armed Woman meets there the second Tuesday of each month for women of all experience levels. Looking for a great holiday gift for the shooting enthusiast in your life? During the month of December, get 10% off a full year's membership or 10% off any gift certificate of $40 or more. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. For directions and info, log on to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. That's RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. AM590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range and CCW Safe. Spartans, lay down your weapons. Persians, come and get them. That's right, folks. It's Mulan Lobby Saturday. This is Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out on our website, firinglineradio.com. Podcasts are still free for the end of this month. Then they're like, Five hundred dollars a piece, so you better hurry up and sign up for now. <laughs> Buy it now. Uh, we're running out of them, folks. We're running out. You got to get them now. Get them while they're hot. Yeah, check out our podcast. Get them. Sign up for that. Get our uh, Facebook page, Firing Line Radio Show, and we're on Instagram at, at Firing Line Radio. Here with Stan Campbell, CEO of CCW Safe. We're telling the story of Stephen Maddox. Stephen Maddox was a CCW Safe member. Lucky, lucky, lucky for him. It saved his life. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stan was just going over some of the uh, setups of what happened that uh, caused this man to have to use a firearm in defense of his life. And, you know, the interesting thing is, is there's two battles for your life. If you carry, even if you don't have a CCW, but if you have to use a firearm in defense at your home, right? If... If you have to use a firearm to defend your life, you are in two battles for your life. The first one's for your physical life. You need to defend it to stop that threat. Those of us here on this show, we do not, you know, we don't fault you for that at all. That, right. that is your right. Problem is, the second one is you're going to do a battle through the court system for your life because you're going to have narrow-minded DAs who want a political stance uh, to say, look what we've done, you know, this this terrible, mean person shot this poor little underprivileged whatever, uh, Cretan. And, and then you're going to have the Cretan's family sue you for loss of income because he was a major drug dealer and supported 43 other people. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have a civil lawsuit. You're going to have a criminal lawsuit. This is the price you pay for living. 
It's just the way it is in in the state, right? So this poor guy, fortunately for him, Stephen uh, Maddox, he had CCW safe. Yeah, and 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 and, you know, I spoke uh, before the break about you know the investigation being bad, and what I mean by that is, um, you know, they failed to do certain things. Actually, a lot. I mean, a lot of just investigation one on one. You know, everyone at CCW say we're all former law enforcement officers, so we don't really bash police. But we also don't. We realize that they are human and we have. You don't condone sloppiness. No, no, it's sloppy. And and, and this was a sloppy uh, case that they attempted to um, have the the evidence that they, they did seize match their narrative of murder. And that's the case that we had here. So, you know, luckily, you know, we had the resources you know, uh, for Steven, you know, to pretty much put together a dream team and get him out of the mess that the system put placed him. And that's kind of, you know, where we were. Uh, you know, one of the big mistakes that Steven made was, you know, uh, like we always talk against is um, talking to law enforcement and investigators without having a lawyer present. So he, he felt, you know, because, you know, what I explained in the beginning about the three different attacks you know that you know he was choked and 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 all these people saw it people had to pull this guy off and even the guy's wife said he was out of control he felt that you know by having eyewitnesses that he would be okay to talk to police and just tell his story and he move on and we've talked about this before so um you've had some great ideas about what you would recommend somebody say absolutely and you know the, the main thing is do not give testimony. And what I mean by that, do not tell the actual story of the event after it happens. You you need two sleep cycles to get all the details together. Police officers get what? We get, we get 48 hours. All the major agencies get 48 hours. That way you can calm down and you can remember the details because uh, you cannot remember because we're all human and things happen to you in these traumatic situations where your body just shuts down and it can't remember details or yeah, you get brain. you get a huge dump of adrenaline absolutely and that helps you get through it mm-hmm. and then when the adrenaline leaves your body you end up with the shakes and that's correct just your whole you're yeah. coming apart right yeah. and, and you're and, emotional and absolutely so so even you know so what, what we, we talk about is you know identify witnesses so that they don't get away you know point out evidence but do not tell the story wait until you and tell them you're going to cooperate that way they can do their job and they know that you're going to give them information, but only in the presence of your attorney. So as we moved on, uh, you know, Stephen didn't do that. You know, he felt because he actually gave a name and number of a guy that was an eyewitness. And then he knew they were, in, you know, in actually investigate and interview others. He felt that he'd be out that day. And he actually didn't know that the, the guy died until after the three hour video interview. They had to tell him he died. I mean, because he even requested a restraining order. So, I mean, that, that goes to prove that he wasn't even thinking about the guy being deceased. So um, now he was hit three times, five times, actually. He was hit five. Okay. Yeah. So five in the lower extremities and then in the uh, well, three in the lower extremities and, and two center mass, I believe. So and, and that was while he was on top of him. So, you know, and as he moved on, you know, they, they, they told him after the interview that the guy was deceased. He didn't even call us yet. He called from the, the, the uh, police station, which I don't suggest doing that either. Because they're always recorded. Remember, 911 call, calls are recorded. Calls from the police station, recorded. Don't call people from there. So, um, I mean, we, moving on, you know, he felt he was going to be out. So what they did was they they said, you're under arrest for murder. And from that point, they just moved forward with the narrative. And he still was pretty calm in the first couple of days, thinking once they talked to everybody, would be fine. Uh, but he wasn't. 
Uh, he ended up, you know, getting a five hundred thousand dollar bond, and uh, of course, he didn't have that money. Uh, we ended up, you know, paying it for him to get out, and um, we started the uphill battle of his life, and that's kind of what we did. Uh, there was some interest in also, you know, when they even tested his hands for gunshot residue, so they started testing his right hand, and he told them, "said Hey, officers, I'm left-handed," and they said, "Don't worry about it," and they presented it a- as evidence as well that he didn't have any gunshot residue on his right hand. So it was just, you know, an, an abortion of justice is what I call it, because it was it was really, really sad what they did. Uh, but anyway, so moving on with the story. Go. So sometimes people are, are, are human. Well, most people are human. <laughs> some, some need goat sniffers, but... Um, wow. So pe- people are human. They make mistakes. They make judgment calls. And sometimes... I would say maybe the arresting officer just decided, in his mind, he's got a narrative, this is what happened. Correct. And then he's collecting evidence to follow that. And so, you know, just just like you're saying, they're presenting it because they don't care. They've already determined that this guy is somebody they don't want back on the street. Correct. They've determined that. Yes. So they they can either omit evidence, which was happened in this case, or not to say they altered it, but they still made it, you know, master narrative, you know, because we're talking about, you know, um, you know, even the gunshot residue, when they present that to the ME, the ME said, okay, you shoot with the right hand. That means these are entrance wounds when they were actually exit wounds. So that turns everything around. So now it doesn't show that the guy was on top of them. So now the narrative, the evidence matches their narrative. But once we, you know, brought in some really you know, top notch experts, uh, we were able to get that turned around, of course. And that was prior to trial. So uh, the ME had to alter her report two times. Uh, just because of the you know the wrong that she did, but you know I mean it was it was really really crazy. Right. So she alters her report two times, almost puts an innocent man in jail for life, mm-hmm. and she gets fired. No, no, uh, just, reprimanded. No, just says it was a mistake. A, a Nancy note in, the, in her letter. None of the above. Did she have to skip recess? <laughs> she still got recess. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, and, and it happens, and you know, it and it's the state's evidence, and it's the state you know employee, so. You know, we really had to, we, we, we ended up spending about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars on his criminal defense. And that's nothing that he has to repay. I mean, you know, like I said, he paid that's the coverage. Bucks. That's the coverage. So we took care of him. We gave him top notch everything. The best lawyers, our lawyers cost. It was two lawyers. The best in that area. Hundred thousand dollar retainer plus another eighty thousand dollars to get through trial. You know, our investigators, forty five thousand dollars for a salty homicide detective and another P.I., to, to you know, pretty and 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 the, and the expert witnesses. So the experts and the consultants. I mean, with all of that, I mean, we gave him the best money goodbye. So you saved I mean, his life. We did. I mean, it's it's really really scary out there. But anyway, so uh, you know, I mean, there were other challenges and stuff with this case that you know, you know, concealed carriers need to be aware of, and you know, um, you just really have to take care of yourselves out there. You know, one of the other things you want to think about is is how you carry, right? Here's a situation where, for whatever reason, this guy's able to get off a bike, approach, and attack this man, and apparently his gun was still in his holster. So he's got a 291-pound man on top of him doing ground and pound, and he's trying to reach down and free, free yeah, his firearm. He really was. Right? Yeah. I mean, because really, I mean, he was in, he was trying to hide more than anything so he wasn't prepared for that third attack and the guy just happened upon him and it was just too late but he, he was already so exhausted i mean he wasn't gonna be able to put up a fight 
No, it's there's a difference. A two hundred ninety one pounder, one hundred seventy one. If he's got if he's got uh, position on you, it's going to be a very long night. Absolutely. Hey, folks, Philip Naiman, Firingland Radio Show here with Stan Campbell from CCW Safe, CCWSafe.com. Some of the best protection you can get. You're you're one hundred and seventy seventy nine one hundred seventy nine dollars a year. That's fifteen bucks a month to save your life, folks. Don't leave home without it. CCWSafe.com. If you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit, you need protection beyond the weapon. My name is Larry Vickers, and I am a retired veteran of U.S. Special Operations, and I now teach law enforcement, civilians, and members of our military in advanced firearm training. I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership, and special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit ccwsafe.com today. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Hey folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out at FiringLineRadio.com. You know that, that clip from Gladiator, Are You Not Entertained? Is that not why you're here? Well, f- unfortunately for this story, this is not really an entertaining story, but this should be a great educational moment. I want you guys to, and gals out there to understand that, yes, you have a right to self-defense, but the repercussions aren't free. And it, it makes zero sense to save your life in an altercation, to have it lost to the legal and uh, court systems, and just have your whole rest of your life destroyed when it can be protected. And that's, I'm a big, big uh, supporter here of CCW Safe. They have unbelievable coverage. Yes, I'm telling you to buy it. Go buy it. If you have a CCW, you need to have this. You should not be carrying a, a weapon around without this coverage because if you have to use it to save your life, God bless you. But now you've just lost everything and uh, you can be on the streets. Am I wrong with this? No, you're right. I mean, I mean, it's so important just to, you know, you can't think about others, you know, you know protecting you. You got to protect yourself, get ahead of it. And, and part of that is, you know, having some type of insurance product, legal service behind you. And, and that's what CC, CCW Safe does. You know, and, you know, the, the difference between us and the others is that, you know, we're all former law enforcement officers and and we actually understand the holes that need to be patched and we can look at evidence and and, and, and we assist this thing on. You know, we have Don West, which, uh, you know, he was one of the attorneys that did uh, the Zimmerman trial. Mm-hmm. I mean, he actually helps to coordinate and he steps in too to assist these attorneys to make sure they have the best information and resources we're actually going to have uh i believe don and yourself on doing a series right yes, sir yes sir and our series is going to be on the four parts of yeah the four parts of a self-defense uh 
it really, it's it really four elements of self-defense is what it's called. That's the series. So we're going to do this once a month, folks. We're going to have a special show with Stan and, and Don West, and we're going to talk about the four elements of self-defense and how to control it, how to how to prepare yourself. Because really, you know, you take a look at what's going on in this world, and uh, you know, when seconds count. Absolutely. I mean, you have to know. And the thing about this, and especially this series, the reason why it's so important is that you actually see, you know, cases that were out there and you see the mistakes that other people made. It's so important to learn from the mistakes of others. And it's so simple. When you look at these mistakes, it's like, well, I probably would have done that. Mm-hmm. You know, I probably would have done this. Correct. So, I mean, some of these things are, you know, the split second decisions. But if you just start, you know, preparing your mind and, and get ready and, and that's what this series is about. And so. Uh, it's really, really uh, commendable that, you know, Fireline Radio will get ahead of this and help their listeners. It's good information. Thanks. So um, so moving on, you know, uh, I always like to remind everyone that we are definitely not police bashers. We love the police. I still feel like a police officer, although I retired five years ago. Uh, but You still look like 5-0. You walk in, you ain't fooling nobody. I do. I know. I, I turn the head like a cop. <laughs> Shut up, Phil. So you have the right to remain silent, Phil, by the way. So as we move on, <laughs> as you can see, I don't use it. You, you yeah. don't use that, right? But as we move on and, and, and back to getting serious, uh, you know, um, I say that because, you know, in this case and it happens nationwide, you know, p- some policemen are, are they get lazy. They they just want to go ahead and do the paperwork and move on. They don't really care about your case. You know, like you think they do on television it doesn't happen that way. This is real life. So you have to understand they're not talking about it at Sunday dinner with no, the family. No, absolutely. No, they're really not. They don't care. Right. I, mean, I, I didn't care when, when I did it. You know, it's just I want to go through my paperwork and get home. And it's not that, you know, we should feel, you know, anything toward them, but it's just the way it is. So they're human. So you have to understand that we talked about this off air as well. You know, some of the things that you need to do, all the people say, do not talk to police. There are certain things that if you don't give them to start the investigation off, you can run into problems in this particular case, too. With the Maddox case, he gave them the name and the number of one witness and um, they called the number. The voicemail answered. They didn't leave a, a message and they kept moving on. They didn't talk to the main eyewitness for 21 months. We talked to that witness two days after the shooting. So these are the type of things. If they they want to say that it's murder, they can choose not to talk to witnesses. So when you're on these these scenes, don't give a narrative without. And I mean, the details of your incident without a lawyer, but absolutely point out several witnesses, the people that, you know, saw it that way. They can talk to those people because that's important. That's the most important thing you can tell them. Listen, officer, I want to tell you, I want to help, but I can't. My lawyer will kill me. That's right. Right. My lawyer is going to kill me if I do this. So let me just say that I remember he was there and you were there and Dorothy and Toto and uh, the scarecrow were there, too. Exactly. I mean, because you think people are going to do the right thing now. And, no. and everybody wants to, you know, look hey, at what's going on. We're mature adults. Yeah. People don't do the right thing. I, I saw videos, this knockout game where some lady gets kicked and punched. And then the thugs just walk up, start taking photographs. And people walk around her. No, people do not do the right thing. There are no, a bunch of don't. cowards out there. No, they don't. So, you know, while the uniform patrolmen are out there, people want to look. But when the, the when the suits show up, the investigators, everybody goes into their house and they walk away. Because they don't want to look like snitches no or whatever. Them. Yeah, exactly. So they move away. So so it's really important, like I said, again, don't give your narrative without your attorney, but point out witnesses. If you got you see evidence, say that's there and say, I'm going to cooperate, but only in the presence of my attorney. So here we go with Maddox. Same thing happened. He talked for three hours on the video interview. Uh. He, 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 and, and after, right after the shooting. So that means 
he let he he omitted information. I mean, he was so you know fried that he forgot he had three kids. He didn't say he only had two. He forgot to mention the second uh, attack. And, you know, so they try to say he was lying and it never happened. We had to send out investigators. We actually found independent witnesses to prove and, and, and saw the second attack. So um, we were because able to bring he, that in. Because by saying that, he was, if he was only attacked twice out of three times, then it's not a good shooting, right? I mean, yeah, I'm, for, for the it, police department, it, right? It, it helped toward their narrative it, right. of, you know, there's no way that you should have been in danger at this time. Uh, they also d- dealt with the timeline issue. There were two cameras that we found were 117 seconds off, which which... You know, if you look at it with them side by side, they'll say that it didn't happen in the order that you said it happened. So we had to bring forensic guys in and we found it was on different recordings. So the clock, the clock on the video was off by 117 seconds. And it mattered. It's two minutes. It actually flipped the order that he said it happened. So they kept pushing this narrative of premeditation. Um, You know, they use the social media. You got to be careful, guys, about your social media. Uh, do not get involved in these um, verbal, you know, exchanges because okay. they'll use them against you in court. Um, you know, so everything that we did was right. We are the only organization. We are the only organization that has boots on the ground within 24 hours of your shooting. No one does that. I'm not talking phone calls. I'm talking about people that's actually there. We send you homicide detective. We send Don West out and we help the entire time. So, you know, it's so, so important to have the resources. How many cases have you defended, say, in the last three years? Hmm. In the last three, because we average about 20 cases uh, with maybe a couple being fatal at the. Um, so um, we have we have one open murder case right now. So probably about 60, 60 cases right now. Well, in the past six years. So I actually had a chart I used in one of my talks on the. On the the Second Amendment talked about uh, CCW holders. Mm-hmm. So, like, here's the average level of crime. For you know, I'm holding my hand up. It's way up here, folks. See that? Yeah. <laughs> so, the average level of crime in a community is at X, and then like 20 percent of that is the amount of crimes committed by police officers. Mm-hmm. And then there's like 20 percent of that number is the amount of crimes committed by CCW holders. Correct. So it's it's kind of funny because if you've gone through the hassle, and it is a hassle in California, right or wrong, it just it is. is You've gone through that, you put your name up, you're one of the good guys. And CCW Safe recognizes that because they're not going to take, they're not going to put their money on the line uh, defending thugs. No. No. <laughs> you want to think about that answer? Yeah, you know, I don't have to think about that. I mean, we, we absolutely love, you know, our concealed carriers and even those that, you know, because we actually are moving into different plans that are coming up. You know, we got a constitutional carry plan that's being released on November 15th. We also have. Uh, we you're nationwide. Are, yeah, nationwide, all 50 states, we cover you. Uh, and we also have uh, home defense. So if you don't have a CCW, we still cover you as well. Uh, we're really pushing it out there. Home defense. Tell us about that at the end. Yeah. Here. So the home defense plan, and you know, it definitely it defends you, and then also uh, your entire family for free. So um, you know, everybody's covered. The wife, the, the kids, for any use of force, not just firearms. So if they have to defend themselves with a knife or whatever the case may be, Cujo? not somebody, Kuja, whoever it is. Peaches. Yeah, yeah. We, we actually do cover um, you know uh, animal attacks as well. So, uh, I mean, it, it really is. It, it's a one-stop shop. Uh, we're insurance-backed, and um, we're also releasing our civil defense or uh, liability plan as well for a million dollars dedicated. So if you're, not, if you're not a CCW holder, realize your homeowners is not going to protect you mm-hmm. if you use a firearm to defend your family at home, but the CCW safes 
home, uh, absolutely, home defense plan. Home defense plan. Find out more at ccwsafe.com. Stan Campbell will set you up. He'll get you taken care of. A million dollars in liability comes with that, you said? Yeah, so we've been talking about uh, civil defense liability. One million dollars dedicated. That means nothing else. The other companies, they take away from it as you use their services. We don't. Uh, there is no cap on your your criminal defense, no cap on your civil defense. And we're the only uh, company in the nation that covers a million dollar bond. That is absolutely awesome. Folks, CCW Safe, Stan Campbell, um, he's, he's been a great friend of the show and actually he's a pretty cool guy. Um, so Thanks, ladies, he's single. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. I'll throw that out there. Hey, this is me helping you. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> I wish they could see your hair, so stop. He, he, he doesn't need my help. Folks, have a great weekend. Goodbye, guys. We'll see you next week. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside. The Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.